Good afternoon and welcome to Money Web at Midday with myself, Nastasia Arons, standing in for Rake for Nikak this afternoon. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk all things Donald Trump and uh, the possibility that he might impose an additional uh, amount of tariffs on China. We'll talk about uh, what's happening on the markets, uh, talk about uh, Arcelor Mittal's results with uh, Willem Herzog, who's a portfolio manager at Rosendahl Partners, and then have a look at uh, the week and the trading week. Uh, considering that uh, a lot of the analysts that I've spoken to have been talking about the low volume that they've seen on the JSC. So we'll touch on that with uh, Wayne McCurry, who's from F&B Wealth and Investment. All of this is coming up. This show is brought to you by the Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Wayne McCurry joins us on the line. Wayne, thank you so much for your time. How are the markets doing so far? Well, the markets are slightly up about 0.15%, but um, quite big movements within the market. The financials are down 0.7%, uh, and that's really on the back of the weaker land. Now, mm-hmm. the land's trading at 13.30 after touching about 13.10, 13.15 uh, yesterday. Now, you can you can attribute that to lots of things. I mean, there is a stronger dollar on the back of Donald Trump and China, possibly, mm-hmm. and I stress the word possibly, uh, getting down around a table to discuss sanctions and trade wars what the, in what they call good faith, and we sincerely hope that it is in good faith and something positive does come from that, or the weakness of the rand could be attributable to uh, the announcement by the state president last night that the constitution is going to be amended. Mm. But remember, the rand was trading at this level literally a few days ago. So you, you certainly, I don't think, can say that state president's announcement is directly responsible for uh, the bit of brand weakness that we're seeing today, but it certainly has contributed to that. Um, otherwise, we're waiting for tomorrow. It's quite a big day because the U.S. Federal Bank mm. announces their interest rate decision, and I think everyone is waiting in great anticipation of that. Mm. Um, on the corporate news side, not too much, actually, just Arcelor Mittal, but you're going to discuss that later on. Otherwise, no real company news out today so far. What did you think of Assam Mittal's results? Well, look, this is an incredibly difficult industry, and you can judge by their share price going back many, many years now. Mm. It's very, very hard for them to be competitive with such small volumes in South Africa when you can get, even with the tariffs that they've got and the support that they've got with, uh, with, with tariffs from the government on imported steel from China, it's still very hard to compete. And we all know that the South African economy, certainly the infrastructure side, hasn't been doing well for the for the last while. And that also weighs very heavily on them. And then, of course, you've got the electricity price increases. Mm. It's just an incredibly difficult industry to be a steel producer in a relatively small economy. I was looking at tweets the other day and uh, some people were talking about the JSC volume and, you know, alluding to the fact that for the first six months of the year, the average daily trade value on the JSC was about $23.7 billion. And for the whole of July, however, there wasn't a single day when daily trade reached uh, $20 billion. Does the drop in volumes concern you or is this quite normal? Now, I think it's a bit of a seasonal, a bit of a seasonal thing, uh, specifically to do with uh, trade coming in from overseas. Mm. So I wouldn't be too concerned about it. But understand, the last three or four months worldwide has been quite tough for emerging markets. So there has been less interest in emerging markets over the last few months 
for many reasons, very little to do with South Africa or global economic reasons, but that wouldn't really concern me too much. And if it carried on for an extended time period, then it would be of, of worry, but I think for a month or so, there's no reason to really be too concerned at the moment. Hmm. I don't know if you follow Pete Falloon on uh, Twitter, but yesterday he tweeted, uh, and I quote here, Tencent is down 25% so far this year. Not to worry, all 51 forecasters tracked by Bloomberg have a buy recommendation on Tencent shares. All is good, close quote. If it's down 25%, Tencent that is, is that reflecting on the Nasper share price? If the Nasper share price has come down, I think the peak, a while back was about 4,400 or 4,200 in the share, and it's trading at 3,200. So there is a lot of weakness already in that share price. But this very recent weakness we've seen in Tencent, you can't see it directly in the Nasdaq share price. Mm. Nasdaq share price has been helped a little bit over the last few months by a weaker rand. And the other big factor is which everyone's always spoken about for an extended time period is that NASPAS's share price is at a massive discount to its underlying valuation of tens of the 10 cent shares that it owns. Mm. So there is this buffer. You get this little bit of protection because NASPAS is trading at such a big discount to the 10 cents. So I think it's for those two reasons why we haven't seen as much weakness in NASPAS as what we've seen in 10 cents. Now, I don't know if Pete for you is being sarcastic or not saying that every single stockbroker has got a buy recommendation out on, on NASPAS. I don't know what his position is with NASPAS. But, you know, the thing with Tencent is it's making significant amounts of money. <clears throat> it's got a very strong balance sheet. You know, it's not a startup operation that's still trying to break even. Mm. And it's not one of these so-called hockey stick effects where they make little losses and then they make profits later on. They are already making profits. So it is a well-established business with probably a billion users so it's not going to the underlying business probably won't suffer so much even though the share price can still come off but that's a share price issue it's not really a business concern yeah for the rest of the day and perhaps even the rest of the week what will you be keeping an eye on well certainly and tomorrow and and the federal reserve and what and what they come up with it's, it's it's quite likely that interest rates are going to go up in the u.s over the next six months, even longer, maybe even over the next year or so. Mm. So it'll be very, very important to study what their comments are when they make the announcement and also later on when their minutes come out. Are they concerned about inflation? Because that, quite frankly, is the biggest worry for markets worldwide, is that if the Federal Reserve is concerned that inflation is going to go up stronger than what they have been anticipating, that would be very bad news for financial markets and it would be very, very bad news for emerging markets in particular. So that's the biggest event this 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 week, I think, that we will all keep an eye out on. Wayne, thank you so much for your time. That's Wayne McCurry, who's a senior portfolio manager at F and B Wealth and Investment. It's eight minutes after 12 to talk in depthly on Arcelo Mittal's results. I'm joined on the line by Willem Hertog, who is a portfolio manager at Rosendahl Partners. Willem, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I'm sure you saw the numbers. What did you think of them? 
I think it's a much improved performance. If you look at through the income statement, uh, the top line was stronger, costs were well contained, and that resulted in them reporting an EBITDA, a positive EBITDA number compared to the comparative periods where they were making losses and substantial losses at that. So mm-hmm. cash uh, generation was strong. They managed to reduce the net debt situation materially. And with the prospect of the max deal sale proceeds coming in, the balance sheet is actually looking quite healthy. So I think on face value and for this set of results, quite positive. Wayne was talking a little earlier on about uh, what we've seen in terms of the share price performance. I mean, right now it's three rand seventy-five, and if you go back probably five years or so, its highest was at forty-seven rand, and this was probably let's see, this is March twenty fourteen. What can we say about what's been happening at Asalo Metal, say, in the last couple of years, from 47 rand to 3 rand 75 that we're seeing? I think Asalo Metal's share price is a perfect reflection of how the South African domestic economy has lost competitiveness in industries like mining, manufacturing, um, construction, probably. Infrastructure, investment, mm-hmm. construction, as you say, correct. So, Arsenal Metal's problems is one weak demand in its domestic market in South Africa. So, steel demand, which is tied to industries like manufacturing, construction, mining. Investment has just not been forthcoming because of a lack of confidence on the part of businesses. But then also, Arsenal Metal has a cost problem. So, its input costs are commodities, which have global prices, and there they're on even par with most uh, other steel manufacturers globally. But electricity is a meaningful input cost, and we've seen electricity price increases in South Africa over the past decade, which have just spiraled out of control. And then transportation of the likes of coking coal and iron ore to the steel plants is also a meaningful cost component. And there they've been let down by transportation cost increases by Transnet and the lack of reliability. So mm. that makes it very difficult for ArcelorMittal to manufacture steel cost competitively. And hence we've seen imports flooding into the country, which is now abated due to tariff protection, so that's a positive. Mm. But ArcelorMittal's share price really reflects the state of the domestic economy, specifically on the side of manufacturing, uh, construction and mining. They mentioned in their sense statement that they've implemented various initiatives to return to profitability and generate positive cash flows. Are you confident that that might be able to pull them out of the woods? I'm skeptical, to be honest. I think those factors I mentioned now are really long-term problems and they are reliant on really on the government to get its act in order. They need uh, cost-competitive electricity and they need reliable transportation from Transnet. Uh, other than that, their manufacturing facilities, their blast furnaces, are also quite old. Mm. So that always puts them on the back foot in terms of reliability of production. And you really need to run steel plants on a continuous basis without any production interruptions to be cost-competitive on a global scale and to make good profits out of a steel plant. So... Without material investment in upgrading their facilities, I think they're always going to be on the back foot. And there are shorter measures one can take by cutting costs, etc. And they have gone through retrenchment processes, and that's yeah. part of the reason why profitability has improved. But longer term, they're still in a very tight position and a very difficult position to be sustainably profitable and generate good returns on capital. Are there others in who are probably in the same peer group that are going through the same issues, or is this an Arcelo Metal problem? This is really an Arcelor a really South African problem. If you look at the steel industry globally, it's actually quite strong. So steel demand globally is actually quite robust on the back of a fairly healthy global economy. And one actually sees 
few manufacturers in, say, Europe and other parts of the world, if one excludes China for the moment, mm-hmm. um, reporting very strong profitability and good sales volumes, etc. The fallout of the Chinese-U.S. trade war is still uh, to happen, I guess, and we are, one hasn't really seen the impact of that on the global steel industry because if Chinese steel production, which, or China produces the bulk of the world's steel, if their exports can't go to China or to the U.S. anymore, then it'll find a home elsewhere, and that is a risk that management highlighted in the conference or in the results presentation this morning, so mm-hmm. one still has to see the impact of that. But really, the... The problems are isolated to South Africa and the domestic economy and also South Africa, not so much the global steel industry, no. Hmm. Speaking of China, they have an economic growth target for this year of around 6.5%. And I think this year they posted uh, Q2 GDP growth of 6.7% from a year ago. It's slightly lower than the 68 in the first quarter that we saw. The slowdown that we're seeing in the Chinese economy, which I, you know, from where I'm sitting and some of the stuff I've read, I can see that the Chinese government is trying to manage that slowdown. Does that concern you uh, as a portfolio manager who's probably keeping tabs on what's going on within the Chinese economy? Uh, Well, I don't think one should read too much into one quarter's change in GDP growth, right? Mm -hmm. Specifically from our point of view, we're long-term value investors. So really quarter-on-quarter changes don't concern us too much. But fundamentally, and if one speaks in the context of the steel industry, China has, for the past two decades, gone through a massive capital investment growth phase. And at some point, that has to taper off. Uh, we saw sort of weakening in the domestic economy in China in 2011, again in 2015, and maybe things are looking a bit weaker again now. Mm. So one has seen these sort of signs of a slowing down in this heavy investment-led growth model at various points over the past seven, eight years. And it's uh, each time the government has implemented stimulus measures and that's kind of pulled the economy through again. I think at some point these stimulus measures are going to cease to have impact. And at that point, things will look pretty dire for the global steel industry because then the massive steel capacity and manufacturing capacity in China will start flooding global markets if the domestic economy can't consume it anymore. Mm. So, uh, yes, it is worrying. I think specifically if you're invested in the steel industry, but other than that, I think from a global market's point of view, I don't think one should overemphasize a quarter-on-quarter slowdown in the Chinese economy. Right, Willem, thank you so much for your time. That's Willem Hersak, who's a portfolio manager at Rosendahl Partners. This show was brought to you by the Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saika.co.za. That's it from me, Nastasia Aronson. Until next time, goodbye. 